If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a bunch of them, and most of them are free with Kindle Unlimited. Don't have Kindle Unlimited? No problem. They're all priced pretty cheap. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. Off the beaten path, the cabin owner. I bought a cabin in the middle of nowhere about two years ago. It was basically an afterthought to the 50 acres of land I purchased. If anyone else would have bought that plot of land, they'd have had the old cabin bulldozed, but I'm pretty good at fixing up old places, and that's exactly what I did. The cabin was really old. Judging from the age of the wood and the dovetail cabin joints, I guess the cabin was built in the 1940s. No telling how long it had been abandoned for. Anyhow, I fixed it up, but don't go getting the wrong idea. I didn't turn the old place into some luxurious, breathtaking piece of art. It's just an old rustic cabin that is now livable. The cabin is long and thin. My office-slash-bedroom is at one end of the cabin. There's a bathroom just outside of the bedroom in the hallway. The hall is unusually long and ends at the living room, which has a small attached kitchen. Beyond that is the guest room. I love it in the middle of nowhere. No nosy neighbors, no uninvited guests, just peace and quiet. I was working in my office-slash-bedroom on my computer. Out in the middle of nowhere, I have to use satellite internet. It's slow and expensive, but it's good enough for my needs. I was in the final stages of posting something for sale on an auction website when I heard a loud thump from the other end of the cabin. I got up and stared down the long hallway. I had a small fire going in the living room fireplace which was casting an orange glow over the room. I stood and listened for a long moment. I didn't hear anything else. Had I had a cat or dog, I would have assumed they had knocked something over, but I didn't have any pets. I did get a lot of mice. It was possible that they bumped something in the pantry. I walked down the hallway into the living room and listened again. Silence. I concluded that the thump was likely the logs shifting in the fireplace, so I went back to work. I was typing away, putting up another listing, when I heard the distinct sound of footsteps in the cabin. I instantly stood up and hurried to the hallway. Hello? There was no response. I moved swiftly down the hall, through the living room, and into the kitchen. I opened the pantry door and peeked in. Nothing unusual. 
I rushed to the guest room, opened the door, and popped my head in. Everything seemed as it should have been. I moved the curtains and peered outside. Again, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. But those were footsteps I heard. They were definitely footsteps. I had no idea as to the cabin's past. Had this kind of thing happened during the first couple of months of me living there, I would have been worried that I was living in a haunted house. But I had been in the cabin for just over two years and hadn't experienced anything paranormal in that time, so I was reluctant to let my mind steer me in that direction. After a few minutes of nothing eventful happening, I shrugged and got back to work. It couldn't have been more than ten minutes later when I heard the loud, slow, distinct creak of my front door opening. When opened quickly, that door made no sound, but open it very slowly and it makes the most unnerving creak you'll ever hear. I hurried to the hallway. The front door was at the end of the hallway at the edge of the living room. I could see from the flickering glow of the fireplace that it was ajar. Who's there? No answer. I grabbed a pistol from my desk drawer, dashed through the hallway to the front door and ran out onto the front porch. I didn't see anyone or anything. I walked down my river-rocked walkway to my driveway. Next to my driveway was a big maple tree. I had a trail camera tied to it. It was a quality trail camera. It operated on batteries and when activated by motion would capture 10 seconds of video. If someone or something had been around there, the trail camera likely would have caught it. I took the trail camera off the tree, stepped back into my cabin and closed the front door. I brought the camera into my office, attached it to my computer, and downloaded the footage. I hadn't downloaded it in a few days. The first few images were of a deer meandering through the yard. One shot was of a raccoon munching on a corn cob I had thrown outside the day before. It was the last video taken that I was interested in. The trail camera had caught something mere minutes ago. I quickly brought up the video and played it. I stopped breathing for a moment when I saw it. It was a pale girl with long black hair. She was in a nightgown and was slowly moving past the trail camera's view. Oh shit. It was then that I heard thudding footsteps coming from my front porch. I grabbed my pistol and hurried to the front door. As I reached out for the doorknob, the front door flung open with force and banged into my head. I fell to the ground with a clunk. The room was spinning. Within seconds, I blacked out. Off the beaten path, the hunter. I'm what I refer to as a lone wolf hunter. I love hunting, but I like to do it alone and I like to do it at night. I like to drive out to the middle of nowhere until I see absolutely no signs of life. I'll then pitch a small tent, take my night vision goggles, and do some serious hunting. That's what I did that night. 
I found the perfect spot in the middle of nowhere. I hadn't even finished putting up my tent when I was startled by something rustling in the nearby brush. I grabbed my spotlight and shined it near the sound and spotted a massive 12-point buck. It was a beauty and it was fast. It took off through the woods and I immediately gave chase. I had been tracking the gorgeous animal for over two hours when I stepped out of the forest and into the clearing. Turns out the clearing was somebody's yard. Across an acre of trim yard I could see a small old cabin. There was a light on in one of the far windows. Folks who live in the middle of nowhere don't usually take kindly to strangers wandering around their yards at night. They typically shoot first and ask questions later, so I opted to hightail it out of there. That's when I saw the ghost of a young woman. Her skin was sickly pale, her dark hair was long and covering the majority of her face. She was dressed in a white nightgown that ended just below her knees. She was moving at a slow, steady pace, but stopped when she spotted me. We both stood still for a long moment while we eyed each other. My heart was pounding like a drum. When the girl opened her mouth and let out a horrid shriek, I turned and ran. I should have been more careful about where I was going, but I was in a full-blown panic. I could hear her. I could hear the ghost chasing over the dried floor of the forest after me and she was gaining ground. When I tripped over a log, I fell hard and rolled onto my back. I looked up and could see the ghost coming for me. Its eyes were locked on me and it was charging. It didn't even slow down when it jumped through the air and pounced on top of me. Off the beaten path, the girl in the nightgown. I work for a traveling circus. I'm a contortionist, and night after night, I showcase my amazing physical flexibility. We had just finished up a show in a small town in northern Tennessee. I had about two hours to kill before the bus left, so I decided to stop in at a bar not too far from the venue. A couple of stiff drinks would help me to sleep on the bus through the night. The bar was bustling and there was a live acoustic band playing bluegrass. There was a man across the bar who kept making eye contact with me. He was probably ten years my senior, but was extremely attractive. Eventually he stepped to the bar and made some chit chat with me. After a few minutes he offered to buy me a drink. I accepted. I remember suddenly feeling extremely weak and breaking out in a cold sweat. Things get hazy after that. I vaguely remember someone helping me to a car. I woke up in a room with three other women. We all appeared to be in the same age range of 19 to 23. It took me a few minutes to realize that all four of us were bound, gagged, and dressed in white nightgowns. I started moaning, and one of the other girls quickly spoke to me in a mumble through the gag. The gag kept our voices hushed, but I could understand her. Don't scream. He'll get mad and beat you up. She nodded her head at one of the other women in the room. She was battered and bruised. One of her eyes was swollen shut, 
She was whimpering quietly. Where am I? What happened? Were you at a bar talking to a nice-looking guy about 5'10 with blonde, wavy hair? I nodded. He slipped something in your drink and brought you here. That's what he did to all of us. What does he want? She shook her head. I don't know. I had my wits about me now and scanned the room. It was a small bedroom of some sort. Our ankles were tied with rope and our wrists were bound behind our backs. There was a plain door at the end of the room. It didn't appear to be locked. It would be extremely difficult to get up if I weren't a contortionist who'd trained daily to move in nearly impossible ways. I was able to rise up and leap to my feet, but my actions made a loud thud. I could see the other women's eyes open in fear, indicating that they thought our captor likely heard that. I quickly sat back down with the rest of the girls and acted groggy in case the kidnapper returned, but he didn't. I heard him walking around a bit, but then his footsteps faded into the distance and things went quiet. I was ready to try again. I leapt to my feet quietly this time. I was easily able to step backwards over my ankles, thus bringing my bound hands to the front of my body. The rope around my wrists was tight, but I was able to loosen it with my teeth and eventually get it off. From there, I untied my ankles. I bent down to untie the girl next to me, but she shook her head. Go get help. I nodded and hurried out of the room. I found myself in a darkened kitchen that was attached to a living room. There was a modest fire in the fireplace that cast enough of a glow that I could see what appeared to be the front door to the house. It was next to a hallway. As long as our captor wasn't standing in the hallway, I felt like I could sneak away without him knowing. As I stood walking through the kitchen, I realized that the full circulation of my legs hadn't returned and it caused me to take much harder, louder steps than I meant to. Hello? He heard me. I rushed back into the room, loosely tied the rope back behind my ankles, hid my hands behind my back, and sat back down against the wall with the rest of the girls. A few moments later, the room's door opened, and the kidnapper popped his head in. It was indeed the man from the bar. He appeared satisfied with the way things looked within the room and left. It was ten minutes later when things had been quiet long enough that I felt comfortable attempting another escape. The circulation of my legs had improved and I was able to silently sneak through the kitchen and living room to the front door. I peered down the unusually long hallway to make sure nobody was there. The hall ended at a room. The room's door was open. I could see a bluish hue in the room indicating that someone was watching TV or maybe using a computer, but I couldn't see them. This was my chance. I slowly began opening the front door and it made the most unnerving creak that I'd ever heard. The kidnapper definitely had to have heard that. I had to move fast. I stepped out onto the front porch. A full moon hung low in the sky, illuminating my surroundings. I was in the middle of nowhere. I attempted to run, but my legs were stiff, 
I couldn't move as fast as I wanted to, but I managed to move along at a slow, steady pace. I halted when I saw the hunter. He was a chubby man in his fifties. He was decked out in camouflage and was wearing a bright orange knit cap. The man was either the kidnapper's accomplice or just a hunter who happened upon the area. If he was an accomplice, the jig was up for me. But by the way he was staring at me with a frozen expression of fear, I assumed he wasn't involved. I opened my mouth and attempted to yell out for help, but my throat was very sore and swollen by whatever drug the kidnapper gave me, so my voice came across as a horrid shriek that sent the petrified hunter scrambling through the woods. The man was likely my only chance to get out of this predicament, so I chased him. The stiffness in my legs subsided with every step I took, and in no time I was racing toward the clumsy hunter. When he stumbled over a log and fell onto his back, I leapt onto him and started screaming out everything all at once. He freaked out at first. He yelled out something about me being a demented ghost. Once he realized I was no such thing, he calmed down and listened to every word I uttered. When I explained that there were others still trapped in the house, his eyes perked up. He insisted on going to the cabin to rescue them. I didn't disagree. The chubby hunter held his rifle in the ready position as he hurried up to the cabin door. I took shield behind him. He stopped at the front door and listened to the silence for a moment before he leaned over and whispered to me, I'm going to kick the door in and take him by surprise. And the hunter did just that. He kicked that door and it flew open with a bang. The hunter and I were both confused when we saw the kidnapper lying unconscious on the floor. Apparently the hunter kicked that door open at the perfect time. After I released my fellow prisoners, we bound and gagged the kidnapper. Then the hunter made a ghastly discovery. The kidnapper's computer was showing a link to a black market auction website that was only available on the deep dark web. The kidnapper was posting pictures of us girls, whom he had dressed up in nightgowns, and was auctioning us off to the highest bidder. God only knows what those sickos wanted to do to us. Judging by the bids, we would have brought him a pretty penny. I found the kidnapper's phone next to his computer and called the police. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Most of my books are now available as audiobooks. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash audiobooks. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to maniacontheloose.com slash support. That's maniacontheloose.com slash support. Support.